Okay, welcome back to Valentine's Day version of the podcast. And today I want to talk about some really important concepts for coupleships or partnerships or honeys, if you know what I mean. So we're going to try to break them down uh, sweet and simple in, you know, just a few minutes, hopefully. So here's what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about porn consumption and what it does to your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your partner if you have one. We are also going to talk about what watching porn does to your attractiveness in terms of attracting a new partner for all of you out there who are dating or who want to date and want to attract a healthy good person towards you so that you can build a foundation of a good relationship with a healthy partner. So once we talk about your attractiveness, then we're going to break down what is a healthy partner? What do you need to be to be a healthy partner? And what does your partner need to be to be a healthy partner? Then we are going to put a bow on how you can kind of create those things in your life. Then we're also going to talk about rejection. What if you get rejected in the dating process? What if your honey rejects you when you are looking to have sex? What rejection means for you? What is a good way to perceive rejection? What's something very bad to have go on in your life with rejection? And then we'll move you into Valentine's Day with a solid plan on how to Uh, celebrate this global Hallmark holiday in a really healthy way in terms of vulnerability and intimacy. Okay, you ready to dig into all that? Hopefully so. Okay, so first we're going to talk about porn. Watching porn, what it does to your perception or your relationship with yourself. And whether you know this or not, your relationship with yourself is the first and most important relationship that there is. Let that sink in. What you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself, what you've got going on internally is the most important relationship that you have because it sets the tone for all the other relationships that you have in your life. And basically, how you relate to yourself and how you feel about yourself, you use that to train other people how to treat you. And that vibe, that energetic pattern and that electromagnetic field literally resonates out from you to the people in your life. And so if your vibe's off and you're 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 using the brain pattern of anxiety or hypervigilance or too much fast brain speed, stressy speed, or that slow, overwhelmed, fatigue, unmotivated, lack of motivation, your get up and go, got up and went, if you're using these two speeds in the extreme, you are then projecting that out from you. It's palpable. Other people pick up on it. Our energy fields pick up on other people's energy fields. And you probably know this intuitively. If you've ever walked into a room with someone and immediately you felt better, it's because their energy is throwing off a positive energy and it settles you in. Or maybe you walk into a room and the person doesn't even speak and they start stressing you out. It's because that energy field is clashing and kind of crashing into your energy field and you're you're attuning, you're picking up on it. That's what we're talking about here. So you have to have a, have a healthy relationship with yourself. How do you do that? You increase your self-worth. How do you increase your self-worth? You get on purpose in your life. 
in your work, in your relationships, in your hobbies, and you create an authentic lifestyle that is good for you and you anchor into that, whether other people like it or not, of course, you have to be kind and compassionate and you know all that good stuff, but you can stay true to what's important for you, whether other people like it or not. So you grow up that self-worth and that self-esteem. And we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but you become really, really healthy and you become attractive to yourself. And when you feel good about yourself, guess what? It resonates out and it will attract to you a healthy partner who will be attuned to your energy and be vibing at the same frequency levels, the same resonance patterns. Okay, so let's go. Number two, let's talk about if you have a partner, what that means for your partnership. This is what we know. When you consume porn, your self-esteem and your body image and the way that you think about yourself decreases. It goes down. You think more poorly about yourself because you're comparing yourself to who you see in pornography, what you see them doing. You don't measure up, which is insane in my opinion, because I think everybody should be measuring at their own bar, not to performers that are paid to do fake scenes in a in a TV or on a screen. But I digress. Back to the point. So when you have a lower self-esteem or self-image, we know that it comes from consuming pornography to a certain extent. And we also know that there's shame and there's trauma and there's family dysfunction and there's programming from the past that contributes to that also. And that's part of my program to help people get out of the screen and get on purpose in their life. But we also know from the science that your perception of your partner goes way, way, way down when you're consuming pornography. You may may no longer be attracted to your partner. You don't find her as attractive in terms of physical appearance and in terms of what she's doing in the bedroom. We also know that pornography consumption by you makes your partner want to be with you less because it shows up in the bedroom and the acts that you see in the screen that you want to make real in real life are not things that she wants to do. And it creates this dynamic of you might initiate and she doesn't want to have any part of it. And dynamics and relationships are thrown off. And we know there's a 300% increase in infidelity when porn is in the mix. And we know that there's at least a 50% increase in divorce and breakups if you're dating, if porn is in the mix. So basically it adds to people breaking up and people cheating on their partners if they're watching porn. There's no good that can come from that. So there is no good that can come from watching porn in terms of how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your partner. So clearly we already have a problem. Now, the same thing goes for dating, because if you're watching porn and it makes you want to be with someone else or it makes you think about playing the field or it makes you objectify women and want to just look at them for dopamine hits from body parts, then that is not an attractive energy pattern for a possible partner out in the world. And I've made a few videos about this, about how you can increase your energy so that you can go out there and attract a healthier partner. But if you're on the dating scene and you're just thinking about sex and you're just thinking about people's bodies and your mind is focused on what you see in the screen, you're not focused on whole people. You're not focused on using your really, or actually just your energy is not focused on using your really positive energy pattern to attune to somebody that's 
in in the room that you might be picking up their vibe. And I made a video about this, a long-winded one on YouTube, talking about, you know, these these concepts in a little bit of a different way. And I tell the story, which is true, about when my husband and I met, we became friends first. And, you know, he wanted to be together. And I'm like, no way, man, because, you know, this energy thing, and I didn't use the word energy then because it was 20 years ago, but this, you know, this thing we've got going, it's way too good. And if we get together, then we'll break up and we won't be able to be friends anymore. And that'll is not acceptable. So no, I will not be dating you. And then of course he pulls up in my driveway one day and uh, that was the beginning of the end, if you know what I mean. But the point is that it was the energy and it wasn't like he walked into a room and was like, boom, boom, boom. Which one of these girls am I going to pick up tonight? He, I owned a restaurant at the time and he would come in, literally he'd come in for like coffee in the morning, lunch, dinner, Friday night cocktails, pretty funny, right? Uh, he had, you know, his butt was there all the time, but he would come in just to be around me, me, my energy, the thing I had, I was throwing off, not just looking for somebody. So that is a major difference. And that is palpable to people. People know if you're interested in them, healthy women, we'll just talk about women here. Uh, a healthy woman knows if you're just interested in them, or if you're just trying to pick them up. And the funniest thing is, uh, when we were young, we would go out at, on Friday nights or Saturday nights. We, we lived in Buffalo, New York. So Chippewa is the where all the bars were. And we'd go out to the bars and dudes would come up and try to pick me up. You know, I'm 28 years old, full of life. You know how that goes. Um, and dudes would come up to try to pick me up. And I would tell them that they'd have to buy my friend a drink, too. And like literally they'd buy me and my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, drinks like ridiculous. Who does that? Right. You know who does that? Somebody who thinks that I'm not that vested in this guy and that maybe I'll be going home with them. But obviously a healthy person doesn't want any part of that. So, okay, so it is palpable if you're throwing off the energy. And when you go into the screen, it is changing the way that you perceive people. It's changing the energy field that you're throwing off, whether you know it or not, and you can't even help it. That is the real deal. So we've already covered what porn does to your body image and your self-esteem really quickly, what it does to your partner. It makes her not want to have sex with you. It makes you find her less attractive and you're less satisfied. Everybody's less satisfied. It impacts your dating, especially if you're using dating apps. Those are not healthy people on dating apps for the most part. Let's just say for the most part. And science supports that. People who are using dating apps, it messes with their self-esteem too. And I've talked about this before. So now, what is a healthy partner? This is what I want to focus on today. And then we'll talk about rejection. So there's four key aspects of a an emotionally intelligent, it's called emotional intelligence, or an emotionally mature partner. Now we know emotional maturity is the, one of the number one things that you can do to be able to come out of the screen. What you need to be able to do is get over the urges. That's the number one thing. Get over urges and cravings with a pivot plan. Number two is increase your emotional maturity so that you can handle difficult feelings and thoughts better. Stress and boredom are the two main things that you have to be able to handle better. And that's what we're going to talk about right now, how you're going to do it. And then you need to be able to improve sexuality, which will come from number four of what we're going to talk about right now. But also remember, if you've been going into porn for a long time or been acting out in a different sexual way, hypersexuality, compulsive hypersexuality is at the root of what you've got going on. So you have to be able to think about 
a different way to approach sexuality that you might not even know. You might never have experienced it before. So it might be new territory for you. And that's okay because that's cool. You can't keep doing the same thing and get a new result, as you know. So you're going to have to approach sex in a different way, in a healthy way. So you have to establish healthy sexuality, mood regulation in a new way, stress and boredom, which includes emotional maturity. That's what we're going to talk about. Okay, so the four pillars of emotional intelligence are number one, self-awareness. And if you are going into the screen frequently, consistently, and especially with any level of intensity, generally speaking, your self-awareness is incredibly low. And that's the first pillar of emotional intelligence, having a sense of what's going on with you, your thought system. And I, I challenge you to think about your thought system right now. You can have a completely distorted thought, thought system that is strong. Distorted thought systems don't have to be weak. They're actually upside down, inverted, completely off track, but strong. And the stronger you're rooted in this unreality and illusion that you need porn to feel okay, or that's what sex is supposed to be about, or you're never going to find a partner, so you're okay with porn, or that masturbation is just a harmless habit that you have, and it's just a way for you to stave off anxiety. All those are distorted thought system, but they can be strong. We've got to weaken that, but your self-awareness around that could be low. And that's the first pillar of emotional intelligence. It also includes understanding who you really are. We get programmed from such an early age to do what we think we're supposed to do, to be who we think we're supposed to be. So I encourage you right now to get your journal out and think about five-year-old you. What did you want to be? It's funny because I wanted to be the first woman president when I was five. And ironically, I don't know anything about politics right now. I could, I mean, I'm sorry to say people who really care about government, I could barely care about things. Not that I care, but I find thinking about governmental issues because there's so much bureaucracy and red tape wounds my energy. So I don't even do it. My husband's totally into it. He watches things like that all the time. But, but what I conceptualized as a five-year-old is a thought leader who helps people. So in a strange, twisted way, I am becoming the thing that I always wanted to be, even though, thank God, I'm not the president, but I'm doing exactly what my heart told me that I wanted to do. It's to help people think about new ways to live and to give them the tools to do that so they can be happy and that we can live together as a collective consciousness of people who are on purpose and who are tapped into what, you know, to what they, they want to do and want to be in this world. So, you know, ironically, I'm kind of doing that, but think about five-year-old you. What does five-year-old you want to do? And if you're doing that, thank goodness. And if you're not, I challenge you to think about the work, the relationships, and the hobbies that you do. Now, let me expand upon that. I know I say it all the time. Let me just expand upon it for one second. The one second piece is that you, you think about what it is that you wanted to do for your work. I'm thinking here, I have multiple thoughts at the same time. So expanding upon purpose, like what is your purpose and how do you know what that purpose is? Your purpose is the thing that fires you up and connects you to other people in a way of responsibility. 
So it gives you this feeling of that you matter and that you contribute and that this is what you were meant to do here. That's really important. And what I was thinking about all simultaneously is at the same time, relationships, like how do you know what you want out of your relationships? Think about it. We are creators in our life. We are creating the reality that we experience. So for me, I knew that I wanted a relationship with someone who I considered to be my best friend. We can do weird things together. Nobody else understands us at times and we don't care. Um, we can, we do the weirdest things and our kids think we're nuts. They, they often walk by and like shield their eyes from us. And that like we're doing anything that insane. We can laugh. We can cry. I can call my hubs out on whatever dumb stuff that he just said. He'll stop me and give me pause when I'm doing my thing. Like that's really cool. And that's what I want. And everybody can have that if they want, but you might not want that. You want, might want someone who sticks to themselves more and allows you I don't know, more freedom. You know, I knew I wanted a big family and I knew I wanted it to be a happy family of people who get along and that we can all crack up together. And I knew I wanted to be that I give my kids the freedom to grow and go do their thing, but I give them a place where they can always come back to. And my son yesterday, he's about to start college in the fall and he's so cute because he goes, my stepson's 30 and he lives kind of close by and he goes, I'm kind of going to be like Connor when I leave. Uh, you know, I'm not going to live that far and I'm going to come back all the time. I'm going to come more than he does. I'm going to be back here all the time. It was so cute to listen to him, like articulate the thing that I've always wanted for us. And, you know, it's really cool to listen to him. And last year, my daughter got accepted to all these colleges all over the world. And she lives 20 minutes from here. Not that I want that. If they want to go all over the world, I, I'm like, listen, sister, let's get you across the world. And, you know, for now, she's happy close by. So I thought that was really cool. Um, because that's what I've been trying to grow. And this is why I was thinking about this today because haters, you know, haters going to hate and they type into the comments on YouTube saying, uh, you know, that, that you're, you know, that's you. And, and my family has been calling me lucky forever. You know, that's just you, you can create that. I, my kids, my oldest daughter is 19. I've been creating that for 20 years. This stuff hasn't happened overnight. My stepson's 30. I've been in his life since he was eight. So like I've been working on this create a beautiful family scenario for 22 years, you know, so, you know, good things come to those who put the intention in over time. And so whatever you want to create in your life, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. And we're going to get to this on our Valentine's Day plan in a minute, you know, set the intention and then put some action steps in place to get this thing going because you can have it. Whatever you want, you can absolutely have. You just have to go out there and figure out how to create it and then put the time and the energy and the effort in. And if you want a big, beautiful family, and you know, it can be yours. You can find that partner that uh, you know, I was I slept in today. I've been working later than I want to He's sleeping in 6 a.m., you know, so my husband comes in and he jumps in bed to just wake me up or whatever, nails me in the leg. I have a huge bruise on the, the back of my calf right now. And it's just like I'm asleep. And, you know, the first thing that happens to me is I get kicked in the back of the shin. And of course, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You know, it's just being weird. And, you know, we can laugh about it all day long. And, you know, that's in at 6 a.m. He thinks he's cute. You know, he's making me coffee and he's waking me up to tell me to make coffee. You know, that's that takes time and energy and, you know, commitment. Okay, and in your hobbies, too, you have to set out to do the things that you want. So I know I go get on purpose in your life. 
work, work relationships and hobbies, but write it in your journal, figure it out, make it happen. You can totally make that happen. It might not happen tomorrow, but it can happen for you over time. My friend Ford, he was really cute. And I know I told the story one time and then I'll get moving on is that he was talking about seven years, how seven years, you know, how good things can be in seven years. And he was saying it because it took him seven years to accomplish this goal of his that he was working on. And he finally felt it come together. Of course, there's baby steps along the way and and small wins, but this big thing came together for him in seven years. And with the nonprofit that I created last year and we raised some money and I setting goals for this year, but I was getting a little, uh, you know, disheartened that it was taking too much time. And then I thought to myself, seven years, seven years, dude, you know, hold on to this thing because you're in year one, six more years, then you can get disheartened, which I won't because in six years, I'll have an amazing thing going where I can raise money, go upstream and help kids from starting to watch porn, which is the mission of the nonprofit. Okay, so get on purpose in those things. Self-awareness can be very low. Figure out who you are. Get on purpose in your life. Have the courage to live it. Number two is self-management, self-regulation. So what that has to do with is impulse control. So we know that's a really big thing. And the reason I'm bringing these up is because they are very important in terms of pornography makes all these things difficult. Self-awareness tanked because of porn consumption. Self-regulation and management can be in the total gutter for some people. So let's think about this. And I, I'm going to read a list. That's the beauty of the podcast. I can have cheat sheets because in my in my videos, I don't usually do that. I just go off of my mind. And in the video that I've I made on this, I missed some of them. I know I did. So... Okay, self-management, your reactions. You know how I feel about this. You need to take your reactions, pump the brakes on them, slow it down, intentional responses. Control those impulses to be able to get over to the other side of them. And, you know, when you're on purpose, you know, you're not as impulsive. You're intentional, emotional self-regulation. That's emotional maturity. So something difficult happens and you can handle it. You can keep your action together and be able to deal with difficult emotions, be able to deal with conflict, be able to deal with sadness, be able to deal with anger in healthier ways. Transparency, being the transparent version of yourself, being honest. And I'm going to make a video on honesty because I realized honesty comes in shades of gray and we need to dissect that one um, for a different day. But being transparent, being the real you, uh, but having discernment in that. I'm always transparent, but you know, I'm not pulling out my dirty laundry for you to uh, airing out my dirty laundry for everybody, but I share things about me and, uh, you know, I'm here for it. But at the same time, I'm using discernment and what I'm going to share. Uh, adaptability, being able to go with the flow, initiative and optimism. And, you know, I am a pragmatic optimist, which means I stay optimistic, but I do the work and I do the things that I need to do. Um, okay, so in the essence of time, keep going. Uh, we're going to keep going. The next thing is social awareness. So social anxiety is a big piece of consuming porn. Again, like when you're wrapped up in a porn habit, what happens is your your frontal lobe is impacted. So you have more anxiety about initiating like we are we just talked about and about ha going out into the world and having to interact with people. But this is what you might not realize. Your frontal lobe is actually damaged, which means that your ability to interact is impaired, which means it's more difficult, which means that's why you have anxiety. So when you come out of the screen, that goes away. Um, empathy for other people. 
being able to understand and have the social awareness of what's going on with other people and being able to read how they're feeling and what you can show up and do for them, being able to read the room and to know. Uh, and if you're just your transparent, true, honest version of yourself, you never have to worry about which version of you shows up because it's the real one at all times. And that's how you can connect with other people and meet their needs in a really authentic way. Um, concern for other people's perspectives and emotions. And we know if you're into a porn habit, it can create a narcissistic bubble. And what that means is it just keeps driving you for your pleasure. You get wrapped up in just going back into the screen. What can I get, get, get? What can I take? Because pleasure-seeking dopamine is the pleasure-seeking neurochemical that keeps you wrapped up in that in that cycle. And being able to understand other people's emotions. So again, the narcissistic bubble makes that difficult. And picking up on non-verbals. That's all social awareness. Now, number four, all of those things lead into relationship management. Being able to exist in a world of relationships. So if you have a primary relationship with your partner, we know how wonderful that can be. But we also know how challenging it can be. So Getting an ebb and flow of how you interact with your partner, your new partner, or a person that you're dating, or if you've had your partner for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, getting into a healthy ebb and flow and being able to um, go back and forth. So here's some of the things that are listed under relationship management. Um, Developing and sustaining relationships. That's not for the faint of heart. And, you know, developing relationships, we know that there's different phases of love scientifically proven. The first one is lust. And it is just kind of connecting in this lighthearted honeymoon phase and that when you move through, it gets deeper and you share yourself with intimacy and vulnerability and you connect. But if you don't ever share yourself with true intimacy and you don't ever really become vulnerable, you can't connect in that deep way. That's developing and then sustaining it over time, being able to go to people that are your people and connect with them. Lean on people when you need it. Be there for people when they need you. Developing and sustaining relationships. Initiating and uh, being able to handle changes in your relationship. And that can be difficult, um, managing that change. Being able to handle conflict. Now, conflict is necessary in relationships. And I know so many people either avoid conflict or just use anger to resolve conflict, neither of which are healthy relational management patterns. Being able to handle conflict means you can sit with the thoughts and feelings that are going back and forth between you and whoever you're in a relationship with, with whatever's happening, and then being able to move towards solution and not get stuck in problem mode. And we know if you go back to the screen, it creates the brain pattern that keeps you in problem mode or makes you go towards anger or conf- or breezing over conflict. Um, being able to be an influencer, influencing your relationship in a positive way and managing team dynamics. So if you are a parent or if you have troops like I do, you have to manage the troops and being able to think about all the dynamics that are happening between different people and being able to set up your environment. This might happen for you in a business situation or in a work situation, being able to manage all of those dynamics, relationship management. Okay. So we're going to move on to rejection in just a second, but follow me here is that this is the way that it works when you increase your self-awareness. So let's say you leave porn behind and you're 30 days clean. 
and your self-awareness will increase your writing in your journal. You're being able to reflect on how you're changing. Your brain feels better. You can feel it healing. You might be using the headband so that your brain's actually being healed through uh, brain training with the electrical energy. 30 days later, you can feel different and you can understand things that are different from a month ago that you didn't see. You can see your own patterns. You can see your stressors. You can see your triggers. You can stay out of the screen. No more slips or relapses. Self-awareness increases. You've learned how to try to figure out who your true self is. You've made some changes in your life to help you be on purpose in those ways. So then that's self-awareness. Stay out of the screen. Self-awareness increases. When self-awareness increases, self-management improves. Now you're able to do all those things we talked about. You're able to be more transparent. You're able to be more honest. First of all, you don't have the shame of a porn habit. So that alone helps you just to feel better and to be that more true, authentic version of yourself. You're able to show up as that. You're able to communicate better. Your interactional style is better. You're able to handle difficult emotions because your brain's in a better spot. Self-management, you can control your impulses. You have discernment. Really, really cool. So now your self-awareness is higher. Self-regulation is higher, which leads to better social awareness. Now you can go into the world. You're ready for some dating in a healthy way, connecting with people in a whole people, whole person way. You're able to uh, interact with your partner in a better way. Life gets better. Now your social awareness improves. You're better able to manage your relationships. These all go together, arrow to arrow to arrow to arrow to the last one. And that is what we're talking about. You stay out of the screen. It's a domino effect that improves your emotional intelligence and emotional maturity. So that's what I'm encouraging you to do in today's podcast. Let's talk about rejection. I'll give you the brain tip strategies. Rejection. Now, what if you're dating and you get rejected? Here's what I'm here to tell you. First of all, if you're still watching porn and you try to reach out to a healthy person, they should reject you because you know what? Your energy's not in a good spot yet. So your job is to stay out of the screen and improve your emotional intelligence. Arrow to arrow to arrow to arrow. That's your job. It improves improves your attractiveness energetically. It improves your self-confidence, your self-esteem. It makes you see other human beings as more attractive. Like we talked about at the beginning, everything will get better. So if you get rejected right now and you're still watching porn, It is a blessing if you're looking for healthy people. If you are looking for unhealthy people and you get rejected, you have been saved, my friend. Like the Panic at the Disco song. Um, Oh my gosh, I just totally forgot it. Something about tragedy. I write sins, not tragedies. Is that, that's the album. Anyways, in that song where uh, Brendan Urie, who feasibly has one of the best voices on earth, he says, you know, about the wedding that it, that basically it's off at the beginning and that, uh, you know, he was saved. The, the person in the in the song was saved because they stopped a wedding before it even happened with an unhealthy partner. There you go. So you are saved if you're rejected by an unhealthy partner. So here's just the way to look at rejection from other people. If other people reject you, it's not meant to be. It's good. So if it was meant to be, it would right? That's how this stuff works. And if it wasn't meant to be, then it's, you you don't want that unhealthy person as a, as a place saver, because that would be bad to have a person, you know, jacking up where you're at, jacking up your, that spot so that you couldn't meet the person you're meant to meet. So it's a good thing. Okay. Now 
if you are rejected by your partner, it might be because where your energy is at right now. Improve your energy, rejection goes down, get better dynamics going. Now, here's the real important one is that self-rejection is a really nasty, you know, virus that's in there. If you're rejecting that true authentic version, version of yourself and you are continuing with your habit and you're doing things in your life that you don't want to do or are inauthentic, that's self-rejection. That's at the foundation of a porn habit because you're living this inauthentic life. You're in a distorted reality that's not good for your true authentic self. So then you want to escape it into the screen and you go into illusion and fantasy because the thing you got going in your life isn't the thing that you truly want. That's why you have to figure out what you truly want in self-awareness so that you no longer have to escape into the screen. No true authentic self-rejection. Be glad that partners are rejecting you if it wasn't meant to be, but stop rejecting your true authentic self. Spend time figuring that out. This is how you're going to do it. This is the takeaway. So get your journal out, write in it, and write in it consistently, especially as you stay out of the screen. Write in it consistently so that you can see your patterns. You can see what you thought 30 days ago. You can increase your self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relational skills by writing it down and reflecting reflecting about it, dissecting it. At the same time, you could go to someone for feedback. So if you have someone that's emotionally mature who has strong emotional intelligence, you can talk with them about this and that will help you. That is the role of coaching. That's what we do in coaching. Not only do do we reflect that back to people, we help them to be able to see the patterns they can't see. So the huge power of coaching is that in a coaching session, if you don't have the self-awareness to see what's going on, your coach can lovingly but uh, strongly show you what the patterns are or call you out on that super strong but negative thought system and be able to say to you, Consider this instead because that is not grounded in reality. It's the unreality that's keeping you in the screen. So go do these action steps so that you can act your way into a new thought system. When you have the new thought system, it's going to change all your other actions. That's what coaching's about. That's what my program's about. You don't have to join my program if you don't want to, but it's got those tools for you. But if you don't join a program, do that for yourself. Find somebody who you can get feedback from. Find somebody who you can listen to. Like, you know, the Hubs and I have been coaching each other for 20 years, kind of pointing out patterns, encouraging other each other in a positive direction, stopping each other from going down into spirals into negative directions. You know, that's the beauty of an authentic relationship where my self-esteem isn't, you know, invalidated by what he has going on and vice versa. We're there to help each other, an interdependent relationship that's built on strength that comes from within each of us. That's what I want for you. So as we approach Valentine's Day, think about those things to improve your emotional intelligence. And here's one takeaway. If you have a partner, go do something special for that partner. Plan something that you would never otherwise plan. Go out of your way to become vulnerable and throw yourself out there on a limb. You can do that with a friend. You can do that with your parents if you don't have a honey. You can do it with your sister or your brother. Reach out to someone in your world. Plan something. Connect with them. And share a feeling. Tell your partner something you've never told them before. Get vulnerable to become invulnerable. Invulnerable is the ultimate strength. It means you cannot be taken down because you love you so much. 
it radiates out from you that other people are going to love you. Okay, I hope that helps. And if you're looking for help on the journey, please reach out to me. I'd love to help you. DrTrishLee.com. And until next time, make sure you control your brain or it'll control you.